Amen. Hallelujah. So good to be at Dominion tonight. Amen. Can we just give God some glory tonight? Amen. In the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we just praise you, Lord God. Father, we thank you, God, for who you are tonight, God. Father, we thank you, Father God, for your spirit, my Father God. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice of your son, my Father God, for the blood of Jesus that washed away my sins, Father. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, God, that you sent as a guide for us, Father, to lead us through life, God. We thank you, Father, for the calling, God, that you have placed upon us, my Father God, and the authority that you have given, my God, that we may speak, Father, boldly in your name, my Father. We thank you, Father God, for the fire of the Spirit of God that rests upon your children, my Father God. Lord, that you didn't call us, my Father, that we would just slide into heaven, God, but you called us to be outrageous, Lord God. Father, and we want to be outrageous for you tonight. God, let everything that is done in this house, Father, give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Wasn't the way I planned to start. That's the way it happened. Hallelujah. I got something that I want to share with you real quick um, in the word of God. And, and then I want to release a word to you that I feel like the Lord gave me tonight later that really hadn't got anything to do with service. And um, so I'm going to save that for a little while. But I am honored to, to be here. Um, my wife, Ramel, for those of you who haven't met her, Mama, she keeps me on track. And... Um, and um, we have known Apostle Carl for a long time. And there's many of you who know. There's a lot of you who know because you were somewhere else and you've been on a journey in life and you've seen things and now you've come into a place where you know there's something different. Yes. You know it. Yes. You see, whenever you've been around the block and you know what's on the block, you know when somebody builds something new on the block. You understand what I'm saying? But if you just happened up on the block, you don't know that what you got is unique. So I want to tell you something, church, that there was a time way back when, um, when I remember this young boy that was driving golf carts around on the range in the prison. We won't talk about that. I got video to prove it, though. And, um, and um, I remember whenever um, we, Kyle first started out in Darlington. And Mama can back me up in this. I remember when his countenance changed. He was always a good preacher. Don't get me wrong. But I remember when something got different. And I remember when the, when the anointing increased to the point that I'm like, wait a minute, what happened to this boy? Now, we were still talking every day. He calls me. We, we had what we called back then a bromance. You know what I'm saying? I don't think a day went by that we wasn't on the phone. And um, Jamie said I was his boyfriend, you know. And, um, but we talked about everything, and, and we still talk a, a lot. But, you know, life's busyness don't allow us to do that every day anymore. But um, we still are in communication a lot. But I remember the day when something changed. And, and I remember the, the level of understanding increased in him overnight to a level that amazed me. And I'm telling you this for a reason, because what he's got in his heart is greater than most things around. And I want you to understand that. And I acknowledge that as his friend, as his, he says, spiritual father, I, I say just as his helper. 
you know, in the, in the ministry of life because I know that God's called him up. And it doesn't bother me one bit that he's younger than my son. I can still say that, that God's called him up. It's because God's called him up for a purpose. But I'm telling you that to tell you this. We've got to come to an understanding that for dominion to go, and, and I don't know if you, you understand the dynamics of what's happening in this church, but in order for dominion to go where it's got to go, there has to be pillars of foundation in the church that understand how to lift up the man of God, how to lift up the ministry. We got to understand that it, 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 that is, that is imperative, and and it doesn't matter what's in his head, it doesn't matter what's in his heart. Without people, it's going to die. It's it's going to die, and the people's got to be there. But I want to tell you something else. I remember the phone calls that preceded the increase of knowledge were were, were like this. Pops, I don't know what I'm going to do. Man, we ain't got nobody to play the piano. We ain't got nobody to sing. And if somebody comes in, we don't have nobody to cut the soundboard on. And right at the moment that the Lord began to increase what was in the heart, people just started showing up. They just started showing up. And it wasn't right along the same time, and I come in the house and I, and I, told, I told my wife, we'd been on the phone. Usually when I'm on the phone a long time, I'll stay in the yard. You know, I don't know about you husbands. Do you get the look when you come in the house and you're on the phone? You know what I'm saying? So sometimes I'd walk around in the yard to the grass was slick talking to Kyle, you know what I mean, before I went in. Because some conversations was long. But I remember when I came in and, and I told Ramella, I told my wife, I said, something has changed. I'm telling you. And around that same time, things began to stack deep. In other words, people started to come in to join in to the vision that God gave. And if this should tell you that what you're sitting in wasn't derived by man. It should tell you that. But there is something that God wants to do, and he's using this for a hub, and I'm telling you that that is such an amazing thing. It is such a glorious thing that God is doing. And you're on the, the breaking point of a new place right now. And I want to tell you something, and still this ain't got anything to do with message yet. I'm not even getting in there yet. But I, I want you to understand something, that where you're going and where you're at right now, and you guys that are leaders in here, you guys who are, who are the, the, the structure, the foundation, what I've always called the Wednesday night folk, you know. And, and I understand that some people work and can't come. I understand that. I'm not throwing stones at anybody. But I'm talking about the core structure of the church. You've got to understand something that whenever the church grows past the point that it is, you're going to be introduced to a multicultural society that don't do things like you. And when you get people in the church that don't do things like you, you're going to learn really what it means to love one another and see do you love everybody. And this is why what has been preached here on Wednesday night is so important when it comes to service and how to be a servant because that servant's heart has to go forth to everyone. I remember the first time that I, was, I had the pleasure of going over to Uganda and ministering in, in Mbadra and, and, and we were going into the church and there was these, these ladies that had these jugs on their head and they was balancing them. 
And there was some guys in grass skirts and they was playing them drums and jumping up and down and them ladies was balancing them jugs and they were walking in and I was behind them and I'm thinking, I can name about six, seven, I don't know, 15 real good Holy Ghost filled churches in South Carolina that would kick every one of them out for what they're doing right now. You know why? Because they didn't do it like we do it. But when I walked in the door and I broke through the threshold of that place, the Spirit of God was so strong that it made my hair on my neck stand up. And I said to myself at that moment, God, show me what the fluff is that I can remove to see your glory. Every one of us has got fluff, my friend. We all got it. But to be and to move into that multicultural place, you have to remember that the kingdom of God is a culture in itself. Yes. And it is something that can pierce through every culture. Yes. Let me start with a verse in Revelation 22, the end. There ain't no chapter after that, okay? You turn past that, there's just a bunch of words probably back there that you can go back and look up. Revelation 22 and 3 says, And there was no more curse. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. I told you that to tell you this, that the nature of a servant is eternal. The nature of a servant is Jesus. Whenever Jesus came to earth, it says he come to serve and not to be served. Isaiah 41 tells it like this, that the servant of God came to earth as a man. So servanthood was in eternity before there was people on the earth. There was servanthood. And after people are gone from the earth and we're all in heaven, you're still going to be serving. So service, I want you to understand, is not something you do to get there. Service is who you are. Service is what we are as Christians. We are servants of God. Servants of God. And the goal that we have to have is not to gain knowledge but to change and be conformed into the image of God. We're going, to be, we're going to be changed to be transformed into the image of God. So we come to a place, and this is where we all are. We're in the grace of God, and I thank you. You thank God for grace. How many of you thank God for grace? Have you ever messed up something? Have you ever been glad for the grace of God? Amen. So we come to a place where the grace and the mercy of God has saved us and has set us free. Yeah. We've come to understand that, that we, 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 we're not saved by, by our works. We're saved by grace and, and that through faith. And, and we understand that. But then we come to a place of, okay, what now? What do we do now? And I can't tell you how many times in my life, in, in, in my years in, in church and in ministry, that I've had somebody that's been in church for a long time walk up to me and tell me, what do I supposed to do? I just don't understand what my calling is. And anytime you point them to the simplicity of the call, they say, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. What do I do? Folks, what we do is we serve. That's what we do. We serve, and it is that simple. We serve. But we want to complicate it because we want God to give us some task that nobody else is capable of. You know, I want you to give me something, God, that, you know what, ain't nobody else good at but me so that this little light of mine, I can make it shine. 
But so many times God's going to say, you know, you know, that's not how I'm going to work this out for you. I'm sorry. That's not how I'm going to work it out. So we come to a place where what's happening in real life, and, and, and we come to the reality that if we're truly going to believe the gospel, then we're going to have to live the gospel. And living the gospel requires servanthood. You can say all day long that you believe what Jesus said. But Jesus said, if you say you love me and don't do what I say, that you lied. I didn't say that. That's what Jesus said. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at, at Jesus. So servanthood shows that I believe in the gospel. And I'm going to turn, um, just, I want you to turn your Bibles with me, if you would, to a very, very familiar passage of Scripture that you probably don't even have to read out the Bible, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And it's where service starts. And it's the heart of service. Whenever you ask yourself, what did God call me to do? I'm telling you that this is the grassroots of it, baby. This is where you can start. This, this is where it's at. Yes, it is. And he said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and to prove what, is, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to tell you today that, that this is the basis, what we're talking about right here today is the basis of transformation. The basis of transformation is what... what um, Paul is speaking of here in Romans chapter 12. He's telling us how we transform ourselves and how God transforms us. And what we see is the foundation of that transformation. This, my friends, is where discipleship and servanthood merge because it doesn't matter. You could interchange those words and continue to teach the same series because how in the world can I be a disciple without being a servant and how can I be a servant without being a disciple? They can be interchangeable. The words can be, but it starts with renewal. Now we've come into a place, like I said, that we believe in God. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We've accepted the power of the Holy Spirit. We're bedded in grace. Resting in it. We're resting in mercy. What do we do now? What do we do now? We serve. That's exactly right. So this is what the writer says, that mercy is the foundation. It's renewed daily. And don't, aren't you glad that God renews his mercy daily? Man, I'm so happy that God renews his mercy every day. And the goal... Mercy is the foundation, but we see the goal that the writer has here is not just to ride out in mercy. It's not just that you would rest until God came back. It's not that God didn't save you so that you could hide in a corner and not do anything, but God saved you to be outrageous. God gave you an outrageous faith. God is an outrageous God. God did some outrageous things in the word, whether you know it or not, and he brought you to a place where you could be outrageous. And he says this is the way that this is going to happen. The foundation is mercy. 
But the goal is to know what I want you to do. So the goal is wisdom. That's the goal. And he says again, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know. That you may know. How many of you need to know? Do you need to know? I need to know. You need to know. Because let me tell you what's going to happen. There's going to be times when you don't know. There's going to be times when you don't know and you say, God, how do I know how to navigate this season in my life? How do I know what to do? And he's trying to tell us right here. So you saying that through renewing my mind and sacrificing my body that I can actually become wise? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. It is by obedience to the word of God that I become a better servant and I reach the goals that I want in my own life. There's so many times that I try to usurp around this. I don't want to go through that process. I want to reach the top without going to the bottom. But in the kingdom of God, my friend, the way up is down. It always is. And I must become a servant. Now check this out. If my mind is renewed, I will know the will of God. That I may know servanthood positions me for answers. Servanthood positions me for answers. I'm telling you from experience that there's been times in my life, you ever, you ever been lethargic? How many of you in here is like you, you, you just fitness freaks? Anybody? I used to be like that, man. We used to run and work out. I'm gravitationally challenged now. The earth pulls on me hard. You know what I'm saying? squatted me out more than it did you but it wasn't always that way but I remember back then whenever that would happen if I eat the wrong things if I if I didn't exercise when I when I was supposed to I'd get lethargic I didn't feel good I would I would feel bad and I'm and I'm telling you that there are there are times that in the spirit you get the same way whenever there's a lethargicness that comes over you and you don't want to do you don't want to go you don't want to give you don't want to serve and before long what happens is you become weak in your spirit because that is your strength is actually doing the will of God is a strength to you. And so he says that I may know and knowing the right answers is being able to put them into practice. Now I'm not talking about knowing just the rules because we know the rules. But when I renew my mind, it's not that I know a point, ABC, one, two, three thing. You ever had that one kid that, that he would just ask you, what do you want from me? And he'll go and do that thing, but his attitude never changes. And a lot of times God has those, those kinds of kids. Okay, show me what the commandments are. All right, I followed them. Now leave me alone. But this is not what God is looking for. It's just not knowledge that he's looking for you to have. But it, he's looking for you to gain something inside of you that changes your character unto his. So our head knowledge that we're gaining, you know, in the last days, the Bible said that there would be a people that ever learned but never were able to come to a knowledge of truth. So there is a truth that is in Christ Jesus that he is trying to teach us, and he's trying to teach us through renewing our mind and submitting our body simultaneously. So I want to put this out to you. You know, the Bible says that in Romans 14 and, and in other places, it says it talks about not judging. My God. 
You put up anything, you tell somebody they're living wrong, they're going to throw that not judging thing in your face. But you know almost every place that it says don't judge, they're talking about what you eat and what you drink. There are things that I shouldn't judge you in. If you like fried chicken, praise God, we can be friends. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't got to like your keto. I, you know what I mean? I don't like it. I don't want to know about it. My God. Don't send me no recipe that, that, that would, for cookies with no sugar in them, man. What? I don't want it. You know what I mean? Send me the one with double cream. You know what I'm saying? Just now I was walk, I walked in the door and Miss Jean handed me a jar. It don't matter what's in it. Miss Jean, give it to me. It's in a jar. By God, I know that thing's going to be good, man. You know, some of you little skinny girls come hand me a jar. I'll be like, this keto? You know? I don't know if I want to eat that or not, but I know it's going to be good. So there are things that the Bible tells us not to judge in. And if I am going to be a servant, I've got to learn that. But there's things that I have to judge in. You know, if the Bible says it's wrong, I don't have the right to question it. It don't matter what your opinion is. If Jesus said it was right, that's all there is to it. it. That's how it is. And I don't have the right to question it. Nobody else has the right to question it. And you don't have to try to explain it. God said it. There it is right there. But when he says not to judge, he's talking about things that don't matter. Because I'm telling you, things that don't matter will tear a church apart. Well, nobody asked me what station it was going to give the gas out at. How come y'all was there and I wasn't there? Why didn't nobody call me? And all these sort of things really will cut into the heart of a servant and, and into the church where you can't stand. And I'm telling you, it creates a wound that there's three things that will happen with that wound. One, it'll be fixed. One, you'll pretend to fix it. Or either it won't be fixed and things will fall apart. The ones that's pretended to be fixed is the worst kind. Because people's like, hey, how you doing? But inside they're so ill they can't stand it. And they smile at you and that thing becomes septic in their bloodstream while they're pretending to be healed. And they end up dying. Don't let that happen in your body. Don't let that happen. But Jesus said, it, it, the Bible tells us, Paul said to renew our minds. And he said to submit to God. So when I'm renewing my mind, what I'm, what I'm doing right here, it helps me to know so that I'll know, so that I'll know what's good, so that I'll know what's acceptable, so I'll know what's perfect. So what I've got to do then, whenever I'm thinking on things, wisdom comes into me as I'm submitting to God, as I'm serving, wisdom comes into my mind to understand things that I don't know. So I'm, I'm serving the Lord. And as I'm serving the Lord, somebody comes in and they, they're doing things that I, I don't know what the answer is. Do you know everything's not listed in the Bible? I know I shouldn't steal because he said it. There's things that, that, that I don't get to question. But everything's not in there. There are, there are areas in life whenever people come up to you and you just feel some way. Do you ever feel just feel some way? And you don't know if they're right or if they're wrong because you feel some way. But what, what you see with your eyes, it looks right. But your heart is telling you something else. And you really don't know what's going on. And those are the moments that I'm talking about whenever there's not a gray area. There's no gray areas in the kingdom of heaven. But it's something that just slam wasn't covered. 
It just wasn't covered. Okay? Because, you know, we need to be on the same page in everything, and there's things in life that just was not covered. How we dress. Whether or not I got a tattoo. All these things. Paul covered it like this. He said, don't judge a man by the mediates. Jesus said it like this. Jesus said, take no thought. What you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will put on. If he was here today, he could say, take no thought of how high the gas prices is, of what the state is doing, or what's happening in the government. That's what he would say. Take no thought. Now, does that mean you don't think? You know what? If you had people that says, don't judge, that crowd could take that scripture and say, well, we don't have to think. Because he said, take no thought. And it's listed right there in the Bible. There's things I need to think hard about. What you doing ain't one of them. I need to think hard about what I'm doing. I need to think hard about whether I'm serving. I need to think hard about whether my life's right. I need to think hard about whether I'm putting you first and whether I'm preferring my brother and whether God is right, I'm right with God in my life. But I don't have to think hard about what you're doing. Because if I do, I'm going to get tripped up. It's going to trip me up. I promise you, when you get your eyes on people, it'll trip you up. So Jesus said, take no thought. One of the greatest powers that you possess in your life, my friends, is the ability to think about what you want to think about. That is one of the greatest abilities that God gave you. It also can be a great curse if you're not careful. Because you can think about what you want to think about. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but have you ever had this happen? Have you ever had something happen? You ever had a conversation with somebody on the phone that might have been a friend? You know what I'm saying? Them kind of friends, you know? Maybe friend, I don't know. And when they hung up, you start analyzing every statement. You dissect every word, what they mean by this, what they mean by that. We start to dissect that thing until, until you get offended and nothing happened. Take no thought. Take no thought. If you're going to serve God, take no thought of such things as that. Take no thought. Don't be offended. Don't be offended. You know, one of the greatest things that God ever told me when it comes to dealing with people is this. I was, I was, I'm going to just tell you the whole situation. I was cutting some hedges one day. Had a little young boy helping me. Well, he was supposed to be helping me. He wasn't really helping, honestly, okay? He wasn't really helping. And we come to the point where I said, man, that boy's dumb as rocks. That's what I thought in my mind. And when I thought that, the Lord said, yeah, it reminds me of you sometimes. I just started crying. I'm glad me and him was having a private conversation and nobody could hear and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And I could think of all kinds of things in the spirit that were like that whenever God had told me exactly what to do. And I didn't do exactly what God told me. I tried it a little bit different than he told me. And it messed up something just like he was doing in the natural. 
take no thought. Let it go. Proverbs says that it is a man's glory to overlook an offense. My God. You want some glory to come in your life? Don't get mad. You want to learn something? You want to get wise? Transform your mind. Let your mind think on what things are good. Let your mind think on what things are holy. Let your mind think on what things are acceptable. And you'll learn the right answers through this process. Now, there are times in life that discernment is in the moment. Discernment is in the moment. There are times when a situation is standing right before you that discernment is in the moment. And you're not going to know what to do in that moment unless... You have renewed your mind and you have put your body in a place of sacrifice. And if you do, in that moment, God's going to give you the wisdom to know what to do. He'll give you that wisdom because that's what Paul is saying. You, you renew your mind and put your body in a place of a living sacrifice so that you will know what is the good. What is acceptable? What is the perfect will of God? And it's by my service that I learned that. It's by my giving of my life and pouring out of myself that I become, become to understand it. Now, there's times that, that we need that discernment, and a failure to discern in that moment can lead to some serious problems in your life. So the goal of transformation is wisdom. It's wisdom. That's the goal of transformation. And, and believe it or not, the way and the pathway to that transformation is service. Learning to be a servant. Having a servant's heart is the way to that, that transformation. This past week, we were, in, we were in a group, and, you know, somebody was saying some things that really just irritates the life out of them. They were talking about when people do this right here, you know, I just, I just can't. I, I, I got to go somewhere else. I can't face them. Now tell me, that don't bother you? And I had to be honest with them. I would say, really and honestly, I don't know of anything in my life that brings me to that point now. I don't know nothing in my life that puts me to the point that I want to react that way to people. And I, there may be something out there, but if it is, I don't know it yet. I don't know it. Because my mind has taught me one thing. God has taught me one thing and renewed my mind to the point that I know that people are jacked up just like me. And I'm not going to judge you because your jacked upness is different than mine. So we learn how to accept one another in love, in respect in the Lord when we submit ourselves in transformation. And he said, don't be conformed, but be renewed. And your way of valuing things the internal processor inside of you will become different. The internal processor will become different and you learn to think on what is true. We can reprogram our mind by the gospel. Reprogram our mind. I want, I want you to do something for me. I want you to monitor your mind. How many of you have got squirrels in your head? Come on now, be honest. Man, I got a whole family of squirrels in my head. How many of you can be somewhere and you just randomly start thinking the most bizarre stuff? I'm telling you right now. There's been many times, you know, I, I learned something about it. What's that man's name? Louis what, Giglio? What, he, he taught me something years ago. He said that, that a man 
can flatline, which I knew that for years. I, I flatline many times. And, and it's, it's a scientific fact that, that, a, that a male can think of nothing. We can do that. It's a scientific fact. They, they've hooked up machinery on, on Ben's head and they flatlined. No brain activity whatsoever. Man, that's a blessing from God right there. You know what I'm saying? To be able to think about nothing. But it is a proven fact. It's a proven fact that women can't do that. When you hook that same machinery up to a woman's head, even when they're sleeping, they're thinking. And that's a fact. And, and he talked about how everything in a woman's life is connected to everything. I know that because we'll be talking about something, man. We can be talking about a bill that wasn't paid. All of a sudden, Ramel Burks had a statement. I'm like, what? And it takes me 20 minutes to catch up with where she went because, you know, and, 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 you know, that's just how it is. And I, I can't follow her because, man, I might have been flatlining. But my point was, my point was there was as many times that she's asked me in early life, what are you thinking? And I would look at her and tell her, you don't even want to know, you know. And, and she would say, why? And so I would start playing out this scenario, and she would tell you this is the truth. It, whenever we were, we were younger and we had kids that was gone on the weekend and everything, and one of them was late, you know, I was a cop. All right. So I knew what Amos was working. I knew wh who got dispatched in what sector. I already knew who picked them up, what hospital they was in, where they probably hit the tree at, who was going to make the phone call. I had already played all those things out in my mind. And Ramel was sleeping, you know, because she understood take no thought way before I did, way before I did. It took me a long time to remember the next line that Jesus said, what man of you by worrying can add anything to your stature? And it took, me, it took me a little longer to figure that out. But your mind, it goes all kind of places. But I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you in, in, indeed with this. Tomorrow, try to think on what things are true. When you wake up tomorrow, say, God, I want to think on truth only. The first thing that's going to come into your mind is what is the truth. And then you're going to have to solidify that only Jesus Christ is the truth in what he said. So think on good things. Think on what God said. Think on what God called you to, to be. Think on what his word is. Let those things resonate in your mind. And I promise you that if you do that, your life will change and service will become easy to you. It won't be difficult no more. There was a time when I used to see things like, how many times a week do I go to the church? How many times are we serving? I had a tally on what we do, what we did, where we went, that kind of, that kind of thing. And a couple of months ago, we had someone that asked me, I, was, that I said, no, it were trying to, we were trying to hook up one night, and I said, it's going to be 15 nights before we're at home again in the afternoon because we've got some church thing for the next 14 nights. And he's like, wow, brother, aren't you burnt out? And I'm like, no, this is what I live for. I mean, seriously, this is what has come to consume me. It's what I want to do. I no longer go there thinking I got to or God commanded me to, but I'm like, my God, I got, I, he let me do it. And he let me be a part of it, and it's my life. I don't know what to do without it. Man, life is boring without that. You know, we were in 
I got to tell you one more story and I'm going to quit trying to tell stories. We were in Mexico. We stayed at this all-inclusive resort. I was so miserable. I'm serious. I tried to hide it, though. You know, I was teasing. But remember, I said, you miserable? I said, yeah, I'm miserable. Why? I said, ain't nothing to do but sit around and eat. <laughs> so there was this lady that was selling condos. That's right, ain't it? Selling condominiums. So we were going to go to one of them things. We didn't have nothing else to do. And that lady started to sell this thing, and I said, ma'am, I want to start off telling you this. You ain't got a snowball's chance to sell me this thing. I said, so I want to know something. What do you get paid if you, if you sell me this? And she wrote down $50. I said, what do you get paid if you don't? Zero. When's the last time you sold something? Three weeks. That's what she said, wasn't it? I said, well, I got something I want to do then. I said, you let me talk to you for 50 minutes, and I'll give you $50. And she said, I'm going to get in trouble. I said, no, no, every time we walk by, if somebody walks by, you just point at the numbers. I said, we'll keep it on the down low, son. And for 50 minutes, I told that woman about Jesus and how much he loved her, man, and about the kingdom of God. I'm telling you what, it was the most fun that I had in Mexico, and it transformed a girl's life. The next day, she found my wife early in the morning, jumped on her neck, crying and hugging her neck. I'm telling you, it was precious. But that is life and life more abundant. There is nothing like it. And when it gets down in your DNA, it ain't a matter of have I got to go. It's by God, will you let me do it? Let me be the one that goes. Hallelujah. I want to serve because I've seen the benefit of it. Oh, hallelujah. He's good. So the Bible tells us that we need to renew our mind. And we're renewing our mind so that we're coming to a place where wisdom is increased within me. And he says that this is one of our greatest powers right here, if you think about it, is being able to program our mind into the gospel. Now, sometimes our minds are willing, but our body's not. And, and, I, want, and I want to close with this, and I'm, I'm going to be very uncareful in telling you this. There's a such thing as holy habits in your life. You'll never renew your mind if you let your body do what it wants to do. And you've got to understand that. If my mind is truly renewed, then where did that outburst come from that was in me that my body displayed? And there are people that are in the body of Christ that are saved. They're on their way to heaven. God loves them. God loves them. They've given their life to the Lord. But by God, there's things in your life that you let your body do just like you used to. Because you have never made your body a living sacrifice. And so there is a connection between what I think and what I do. There's a connection between what I think and how I serve. You see, I can't break these things apart. If I say, show me the rules and let me learn them, I'm not going to be anything. The devil knows every one of the rules. If I say, let me serve, let, show me what to do and let me do it, but my mind is never renewed, what have I done? But there is a balance between my, my understanding and my doing that is all connected in my heart through service. And it's the regenerating power of God, and it's where these two things meet. It's where concentration meets consecration. 
And those two things connect in my life to produce something that is holy, something that is acceptable, something that God wanted. It's when my mind is concentrating on the things of God. Now, it don't mean that I'm perfect. It don't mean that I've got every thought under subjection because I'm telling you, there's still times right now that even in Pastor Devon that the spirit of slap comes on me and I just want to anoint somebody with Crisco or something and I have to say, Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. That ain't what you wanted me to think. And I don't feel bad about thinking it because I don't take that thought. I discard that thought. I don't take it. But God said, take no thought. You see, you got to take the thought. You riding down the road and somebody pulls out ahead of you, you ain't got to cuss them. You got an opportunity to take that thought or don't take that thought. You don't have to take that thought. So I concentrate on what's good so that I can concentrate my body to be approved for the Lord Jesus Christ's service. This is the place that he has called us to. And so what body habits, let me ask you, that are in your life right now that are cues of the past? What body habits? What happens right in your body? I'm not talking about thoughts you think, but I'm talking about things that you actually go and do that shows the past life. And where those things start is by renewing your mind. But that alone is not going to do it. You have to concentrate to consecrate yourself for service. And when you have concentrated your mind on God through his word, through the renewing of the washing of the water with the word, getting the word of God into your mind, on a daily basis, this is what they call effortless change. I'm telling you that if you begin to read the Bible every day, you say, well, Pastor, I don't understand it. I don't care. If you saved what's in you, wrote it. It wrote it. And your mind might not be able to understand a word of it, but your heart is receiving everything you're reading, everything you're reading, because it wrote it. And when the time is right, your heart is going to regurgitate it up to you when the time is right. It's effortless change. It'll change your life. It'll begin to shift the way you think. And whenever you're shifting, your thought is, is shifted into a holiness kind of thought for the most part, not, not perfectly. But when I begin to take the thoughts that are good and leave the thoughts that are not, when I begin to do that, then my life becomes consecrated. And all of a sudden, wisdom comes from out of nowhere into my life. And it gives me an understanding to serve. It gives me a heart to want to serve. And I want to tell you something tonight, Dominion. You know why giving away that gas is successful? I want you to remember this if you don't remember nothing else that I'm telling you. Nobody that works with you, they can't see your God. They can't see him. Man, you can't see him. They ain't nobody ever seen him and lived. That's what the scripture says. So they can't see your God. They really can't see faith unless you display it. But buddy, they can see your servant's heart. 
They can see that. They can see God working through you. They can see how you act. They can see how you serve. They can see those things tangibly with their eyes. And it's where heaven meets earth is through the hands of men and women in the church that gives out the persona of what God is doing there. It is the rivers of water that are flowing from within your belly. You represent dominion. You represent it at your workplace. You represent it at your job. Concentrate to consecrate. And all the wisdom that you've been looking for and the understanding that you've been looking for will come into your life naturally through a life of service. Don't look at it as something that I'm coming to do on a Saturday and I'm going home. No, you were a servant when you got there. You served there. You were a servant when you went home. You're still a servant. I'm always a servant. I don't want to be promoted. I love serving the Lord. Now, I want to tell you something because that's all I want to tell you about service. I talked to Pastor Kyle and he asked me to preach the final message in this other than next week whenever six of you I hear, I don't know who it is, is going to be given a word. Now I want to tell you something that occurred whenever we came in tonight. Um, there is something that is very, very difficult for the body of Christ in, in closing. I'm, I'm closing. It's very difficult for, for anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. And that is being vulnerable. You know, if, if I had a broken finger on my right hand, I promise you if you went to shake my hand, I would not stick that hand out. I would stick out the other hand because I'm going to protect what's wounded in my life. I'm going to protect what's broken. That's what I'm going to do. If I had a, a, a wound, an open wound on me, we're going to cover it up with a bandage. We're going to cover up that open wound because that wound is a vulnerable place. I know that Pastor Kyle has given you many, many great words on service. And, 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 and I want to just, we can't push that to the side because we can never, ever get out of that arena of, of servitude. Don't, don't ever think that that's going to be over. I don't care what you get promoted to in life or what God reveals to you in the spirit. You're always going to be his servant. Always prefer your brother more than you do yourself. That's a servant's heart. But tonight I want to share something with you that God laid on my heart when I come in the door. And that is that there, I don't know if, if, if somebody's sitting in here or somebody online, I don't know, but God said somebody that is, that is listening tonight, someone that is listening in praise and worship has a wound. And they're hiding it from me. Now it's one thing to put it behind your back when I walk up. But there's one thing that's required to be healed from God, and that's vulnerability. And when you have a wound in your life, my friend, that you won't show him, that means that you don't trust him enough to touch it. Do you remember when, when, when you were maybe a kid and you cut yourself and, and your mom and dad, they reached for it and you pulled it back? No. 
And they said, it's going to be all right. I'm going to fix it. I want you to stand to your feet tonight. and I want to just put this question out to you tonight. You're functional. Matter of fact, you're good. You're smiling. Hey, you're in church on Wednesday night. But there's a wound. And you've been wrapping it up. And you've been overlooking it. You've been believing God's going to heal it. But the Lord said, tonight, I want you to make that thing vulnerable to me. I want you to make it vulnerable. I want you to expose it to me. Not to man, to me. I want you to expose it to me. To know the depth of God's love for you. And how much he wants you to be whole. And right now I pray in the Holy Spirit that God is revealing the wounded place to you. And he says, if you will just come to this altar and say, Lord, I make myself vulnerable to you. He's going to make it whole. You don't have to tell anybody what it is, what's hurting. It may be something that someone did to you. But tonight, if you're in this building right here and you've got a wound, I want you to come and leave it at this altar. Thank you for being obedient to the Spirit of God. Your prayer don't have to be elaborate. Your prayer don't have to be anything but, God, I'm vulnerable. Lord, I'm making myself vulnerable to you. Because he said in his word that my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So don't give him your strong hand. Give him the weak one. Give him the weak one. Dominion, when I walked in the door tonight and and the praise and worship team started and I began to just pray in my mind to the Lord, God says, I have an agenda. And I said, what is it, Lord? He said, there's people that I want to heal. And all I need them to do is be vulnerable. I want to make them well. I want to heal them. I just need them to be vulnerable tonight and I'll heal them. 